Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, welcome to the Depre and Club podcast, a community of like-minded young adults who are all grieving a similar loss. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with inspirational people from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. In this podcast, our guests will tell their own grief story, discussing how their losses have impacted their lives and the past they found themselves on. We laugh, we cry, but together we've come to realise that we are far from alone in our own grief journeys. I am quite literally recording this as a podcast episode as we speak um so I'm hoping that it goes okay because I don't plan on editing this one bit I'm just gonna upload it straight to um Podbean for it to be released as Tuesday's episode um I'm just gonna wait for more people to join but whilst I'm here if this isn't locked down tell me what is so obviously smart on top right check out this I've got joggers on and I've got fluffy socks on as a Friday because it's lockdown style now and that's the best that we can do. And I'm not going to wear jeans now for the next month because why would I? So yeah, I may look quite put together on top, but just, you know, know that I'm wearing joggers and fluffy socks on the bottom. Um, So whilst we're still waiting for some more people to come on, I just thought I'd let you know kind of how this is going to work. So obviously I did like a question on my stories earlier this week. And I said I wanted to do a live Q&A. You guys also submitted your questions and I've kind of like split that up into different sections where I think they kind of fit best. Um, so within that, we've got section one, which is about my loss and about my mum. Something I don't actually speak about that much considering I run this podcast. Um, and the second one is, the second section is the immediate aftermath slash the first year. Um, of loss so I've got some questions related to that and then section three is as time has passed so so obviously I'm kind of five years down now um so it's kind of going into how it's changed me and how I'm kind of dealing with my grief five years on and the last section is all about the podcast because you guys asked me some questions about that too so I think we may as well just dive straight in so the, sorry about that, the first question that I think is probably the best one to kind of kick this off with is um, somebody messaging saying, I'm new here, we lost my dad suddenly in his 40s, how did your mum pass? So for those of you that don't know, um, my name is Kat and I am the co-founder of the Dead Parent Club podcast. I originally started it with my friend just over two years ago, um, run it by myself now because she is a very busy woman. And more about her later though. (laughs) 
thanks Alice with the nice brows <laughs> I do my best um so my mum her name is Joanne Hooker and she died five years ago um she was diagnosed with bowel cancer when I was in college so when I was about 16 and then from there she kind of had a lot of treatment she got the all clear and then when I was at uni my first year she was diagnosed terminal and was told she had about two years to live um and it's funny when you get told that because in the kind of like immediate aftermath after being told that you're like oh my god my world has ended this is it but like two years is quite a long time in the grand scheme of things where whereby you can't live with that pain every single day um so even though I was told that my mum was going to die like pretty imminently um my life very quickly kind of just picked up its normal routine um I think especially because I was at uni I just kind of immersed myself in that life and not to say I didn't struggle I struggled immensely with like anxiety and just general just very bad feelings during that time but I was also just kind of wrapped up in this kind of uni bubble um so when my mum did die I mean a lot of people say oh you know it must have been kind of nice to have known about it in advance no <laughs> no it doesn't work like that um it was the biggest shock of my life Um, she went downhill very very quickly um about about a year and six months after she was diagnosed um and within three months after she kind of started going downhill she died at home um with me and all of my family we were very lucky that we got to keep her at home during that time and have all of our friends and family around us but um yeah that is my mum and what I'm really excited about here as well is that some of you have asked to hear more about her um and it's really difficult because I don't speak about my mum in that way very often people don't ask me about her really you know in my day-to-day life I've got my family but they don't ask me about her because they know her and then with other people they're too scared to ask about it so my mum Joanne Hooker was the kindest person you could ever know she always put everybody else first and whenever my family speak about her the things that they often say is that you will always find her at the sink and whenever we had a family party with the host because she would always be helping them do the washing up and I just think that kind of says it all I know it's such a kind of a small thing but she just loved to help people um she was born hemiplegic so when she was born she wasn't breathing the right hand side of her brain didn't like kind of parts of it deteriorated and she couldn't use the left hand side of her body very well and she had tunnel vision her whole life so she struggled immensely with her disabilities and depression and her whole life but that didn't mean that she wasn't full of joy because she was she had this laugh that just kind of like made everybody else laugh with her because it was just so ridiculous like it was the most ridiculous laugh we've ever seen and just the biggest smile ever and I love it whenever I look at pictures of myself and my eyes always go really small when I'm really really happy and smiling and that's exactly what my mums did so I really really love seeing that and yeah I think just the hole that she has left in all of our lives is immense it's absolutely huge And I think it's sad how you don't realise just how much of an impact somebody has on your life and how much you value them until they're gone. Um, And I wish that she could have known just how much of an impact she gave on people's lives as well at that time. Because she lived her life thinking that she was not important and she was. And so many people were at her funeral and it was just beautiful. So 
I think some of the things that you guys have asked are like favorite songs and food and stuff and I'll go through that quickly but my mum was a very strong Christian so she absolutely loved singing hymns she used to wake me up um, hoovering on a Saturday morning singing hymns really really loudly so whenever I go to where we spread her ashes I sit there and I sing hymns to her Um, it's one of my kind of cheesy things that I like to do that makes me feel close to her and her favorite foods were chocolate which she has very kindly passed on to me because I am a massive chocoholic and Indians and I love Indians honestly there is nothing better um so that is my mum Joanne Hooker in a nutshell um, so I'll go on to the next bit now, which is obviously way more grief related. Oh, somebody asked me what which is her favourite hymn. Um, I don't know if you've heard it, but there's one called How Great Thou Art, which she absolutely loved. And a nice story about that is, well, I say nice, but um, she actually passed away with that song playing in our house. Um, so we had like a running list of like a hundred hymns that was like on repeat over the last couple of days when she was kind of like dying. And um as that song came on, um, my dad was giving her a hug and that's when she passed. So it's quite a beautiful story, actually. But yeah, I sing that to her a lot. Um, and there are lots of different ones. So um, thank Oh my gosh, that's such a nice message. I love how you glow when you talk about her. Thank you so much. I do. It, it makes me really happy. And I, never, I don't do it enough. So that this has actually been re- a really nice reminder. Um, okay, so the immediate aftermath. So I think this will resonate with a lot of people because a lot of you that are on this platform are people that have lost somebody quite recently. So the first question I've got here is, how do you cope with it? Every time I slightly imagine something like this, I burst into tears. So I'm not sure if this follower perhaps hasn't lost a parent yet. Um, And I'm sure all of you that have will be with me when I say that you don't kind of cope with it. You learn to cope. And a lot of people say like, you're so strong for doing it, but you don't know how strong you are or how able you are to put up with these things until they happen to you. And I think it's difficult when people say that you're so strong for doing it because you might have actually struggled immensely, um, which I'll go into later with the grief. And I don't think a lot of us say this, but I think strong is the right thing to say. You literally just have to survive. Um, So yeah, you know, whenever people's parents do die, I always say it's going to be really, really difficult, but you are, you're going to be okay. At some point you are going to be okay. It's just going to be really hard to get there. Um, and yeah, you're right. You don't have a choice. Like you would never choose that. You just have to cope with it. <clears throat> so the next one is, were there any pivotal moments that made it actually real and pro- properly sink in? Um, so I actually speak about this quite a lot because, sorry guys. Sorry guys, I actually have a time limit on how often I can use my social media accounts and that's what just happened then. Um, so I always say that I don't think there has been one specific time where it has sunk in, but instead there's like numerous times constantly in my life. Um, Me and a few of my friends that have also lost parents always say that we imagine that they've just gone to the supermarket or we just kind of, in a way, we pretend that it hasn't happened um, just because kind of sitting and realizing the immensity of that feeling and that loss is just too much to bear. So I would say that there wasn't one moment. It just happens to me every now and again, sometimes at night when I'm really missing her and I'm sad and that's when it'll hit me then. Um, At a family event when everybody's there but her, it'll hit me then. When something big happens or like the other day I was just sat in my kitchen and I was just like imagining her sat on the sofa having a cup of tea with me because that's where she should have been. 
but she wasn't. And that's another one of those moments when it just really hits me. So I don't know if you guys have that kind of similar feelings too. Um, if you do, feel free to share them below because I don't know. Do it, does anybody have you any of you ever had that kind of moment where it's just like the reality of it, or do you think that it's similar to me where you just kind of have moment after moment within your life when it hits you randomly? Um, another question was, have you experienced anxiety or fear? And if yes, how did you overcome it? Um, so I'm not going to go into this too much because I could talk about this forever. But after my mum died, I struggled immensely with anxiety and depression. Just my mental health in general was very bad. Um, and again, with that, it's not something that you overcome but something that you kind of find the tools that help you to cope. So from doing CBT and from kind of going to, I don't know, from talking about it and from doing research and just from learning more about myself, I've discovered things that help me cope with like my depression and anxiety and things that kind of bring it down. Um, and I'm also aware of things that bring it up. So I try and avoid those situations where I can. So again, it's one of them where, I don't think you overcome it. You just kind of find tools. You have like a little toolbox of things and then that's what keeps you going. Um, somebody said, what helped you the most to cope with your emotions after your mum passed? Um, so again, I don't think I did cope with my emotions very well after she passed, but I think a few of the things that are in my toolbox are um, journaling. I stress everybody now to buy a journal and write in it. Um, anybody who, if any of your friends if any of their parents pass away, I would suggest buying them a notebook and suggesting the same thing to them. Um, I just think writing down our thoughts and feelings is so useful. And also there are a few things that we don't want to say out loud to people, like, you know, like our deepest, darkest kind of emotions. So that's kind of what I would suggest there. And then more things in my toolbox are going out for walks in the fresh air. Honestly, there is nothing better in life than walks in the fresh air. Um, exercising where you can, but it's not for everybody. Um, quality time with my family I've got certain family members that I just that just make me feel closer to my mum um so I really really like grab hold of them when I can and if I'm having a bad day I'll give them a call just because I like to talk about her with them when I can they really understand how I feel about it so it's useful um another one is did you have a stage of denial if so how did you get through it again going back to what I said before I think I lived my life in denial and I know that's probably not the right thing to say, like maybe not denial as such, but I don't allow myself to sit and really allow that reality to sit in um, because it's too painful. So I would say that I do live my life in a, a bit of denial constantly. Um, did you discuss your grief with your immediate family, so your dad and brothers, etc.? No, is definitely the short answer um so a bit background about my family obviously I've got my dad um and I've also got two older brothers who are seven years and nine years older than me so now they are in their 30s and we've never been close per se because they're so much older than me I was kind of brought up without them from the age of like 10 because they left for university and stuff so they definitely weren't the people that I lent on um for like my grief however um I did mention before that I do have like other family members that I really rely on so 
Um, another question here is, did you have a close connection to your family after your mum died? So no, not my dad or my brothers. They're not the people that I would rely on. But my aunties, so my mum was one of five or one of six, we've recently discovered, but that's another story for another day. Um, so um, my aunties are a huge support for me. I honestly could not imagine my life without them. And from my aunties, it's my cousins. Um, I have the best group of cousins in the world. They're basically like sisters to me. And I would say to anybody out there who has any family who can understand what you're feeling if you have any kind of close close connection to them at all um to reach out to them when you can because there is nothing like talking to somebody who knew your parent like it literally is just the most amazing thing in the world and it just helps you so much so I would 100% recommend that um more questions here are like how did you deal with Christmas and what do you do for like the first big holidays and stuff without them Amy shouts out to Auntie Mal yes she is the best um what do you do for big holidays so I feel like every year anybody that's in the DPC we kind of dread these big holidays right does anybody else feel like that I'm like anything family orientated I'm just really not a big fan of just Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, just all of it. Um, I think the Christmas season I'm fine with, it's more kind of Christmas Day, um, just because you really are way more aware of that big hole in your family in that day, you know, with everybody being together. And there is just like so much on social media with like people's families together. And it, you know, you can't help but feel quite jealous and just quite bitter about it. Um, So with regards to kind of, dealing with Christmas um the first Christmas after my mum died we went to my auntie's house to Auntie Mel's um and that was good but it was very different it was the first Christmas that I haven't had at home with my mum for a very very long time so I think even just not being at home I think we decided that's a lie the first Christmas we went to my brother's house the second Christmas we went to my auntie's house so I think it was a really weird time for me where I was kind of I was so used to having Christmas at home with my mum and then suddenly we were going to going to these different houses for Christmas and I think it just really highlighted the fact that she wasn't there which is just crazy um you flew up 11,000 kilometers away that's insane but I absolutely can't blame you either I think the best Christmas for me would actually be either flying very very far very very far away um and just going somewhere really tropical I think that'd be amazing just kind of putting your head in the sand or I do really enjoy seeing as like as much family as I can around the Christmas season um like I said before my family like just my closest connection to her so I just really really value them um okay so that was kind of the immediate aftermath and some of the questions that you had you guys had about that and then the next kind of group of questions are more about kind of how I'm coping with it now so like as time has passed so a few of you have asked questions about like the impact on my relationships and if I think I'm any different now to how I was then um so the first one is actually about my dad. So my dad's name is Graham. Um, he is a character. Um, I was definitely much closer to my mum. So me and my dad have kind of had to build that relationship from scratch in a way. Um, they were still together when um, my mum died, which I'm really blessed about. But it's just that my I was a proper mummy's girl. Like my mum brought me up. So I think I felt a lot of responsibility after my mum died for my dad because... I was the girl in the family, so it does usually kind of rest on the female, unfortunately. Um, and also because my brothers weren't at home and I was. So 
it was really difficult for me and I'm kind of I was talking to somebody about this on a podcast the other day where you kind of become more like family colleagues with your parent um that may have been left behind um so he's not necessarily my dad but he's like a family colleague and maybe I'm kind of like his manager (laughs) because I'm always nagging him to do stuff and to look after himself um and uh, it's difficult because my dad has had cancer a few times and he has unfortunately um been diagnosed again um which is difficult it's too early to say exactly what the situation is yet but that's happening right now so looking me um but yeah this person has asked kind of well they've more kind of said you know they feel sad about their dad being alone um and I completely get that I worry about my dad being alone so so much especially now that I've moved out of the house he is on his own a lot um and he's just not the most organized man you know and he just doesn't help himself very much but he has like a few very very special friends who he goes out for walks with and stuff and I'm very blessed for them um they really do kind of like take off the load and stuff but you do feel a lot of pressure to stick around close to home I feel like I'm the kind of person that would very happily move away but I've always got that kind of pull because of him so I don't know if any of you have ever felt like that where you feel like you kind of have to you might have been tempted to go to uni further away or to take a job further away or to go traveling but you feel like you can't because of that parent that's left behind um somebody else said have you lost friends um because they have along this grief journey because people don't get it and find it hard to relate yeah <laughs> I mean I don't know if I've, if I've kind of lost friends because it's just a fact of life but you kind of put the whole grief aspect into that as well um but I do find it really difficult now um just kind of connecting with people who haven't experienced what I have just because people's priorities are so different to yours and the way that they live their life and they see their life through completely different lenses to you do um which I think is really difficult and I think a lot of people have been in a situation where they've lost friends or they've kind of pulled away from friends because they don't think that they understand what they're going through um so I feel like my kind of advice there would be to literally just find a handful of people that you can truly rely on um you don't need a lot of friends you know it's important to just have a few that can really help you out and I'm very blessed that I've got friends from uni um such as Amy and Sam who I did the podcast with at the beginning um and a lot of friends from uni that understand how it feels and I've got a lot of home friends as well um, that I'm really grateful for but I do find that you kind of go to different friends for different things so I've kind of got a group of friends that I'd go to for like going out and partying a group of friends that I'd go to for like deep meaningful conversations a group of friends that I would go to to have like a really wholesome weekend where we might not talk about my parent but I feel really just like mentally well from doing it and um, so I do think as well, kind of splitting your friends into different groups, don't, maybe don't tell them what group they're in, and then kind of picking that group out of the heart when you're feeling in a certain way. Um, but I would also suggest don't push all of your friends away. It's very, very easy to do that when you're grieving. I did it myself with a few friends. I didn't make the effort that I should have made, um, especially because they are such brilliant people and I really value their friendship and they're really selfless with me as well and they really tried their best. They may not have understood, but they did try their best and it's very easy to push those people away. And I would say that if you do value that person, do try and make an effort and kind of try and show them the same kind of, I don't know, friendship that they've showed to you, even if it wasn't exactly what you needed at the time. And I suppose going on to that is how did grief impact your relationships? So I don't know whether this person means from like a romantic sense or what, um, 
yeah, I don't know. But after my mum died, I, well, I was with somebody at the time and I broke up with him very soon after my mum died. And I think that's because I was quite happy in this relationship. And then after my mum died, I was looking at this person and I was like, how can I be happy with you when one, I'm not happy in myself and two, my life is just completely fucked up. (laughs) Like my life isn't the same as it was before my mum died. So how can I be with you in the same way that I was then? Um, And I really battled with that. And like, we broke up, we got back together. Um, He then broke up with me a few months later, probably because I was a nightmare and quite difficult. Um, um, Or, well, I'm kind of giving myself credit there, aren't I? Like, who knows? Um, And then after that, I think I kind of, I'm not not sure. Relationships are really difficult. Um, I'm with my boyfriend now, who I've been with for over a year um and he is lovely he is the best um like so unbelievably kind and I'm super grateful for him um but you will find and a lot of you will be in the same same situation as me where they just don't understand um your situation or what you need um and it's not his fault like he's not been through it but I do think kind of a similar situation to what I said with my friends is that if you've got people that do understand what you're going through it doesn't always need to be your partner um they can be amazing and supportive for other things and then you can kind of find you can kind of have other people that you lean on for when you need those like proper chats um with people that actually understand how you're feeling so that's what I would say like don't push that your partner away because they don't completely get what you're going through um just kind of lean on somebody else for those times that's definitely I think what Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I do. And also be vocal about what you need as well. Um, Don't just kind of expect them to know because nobody's a mind reader, especially if they haven't lost a parent. So try and have that commu- like communication and like say to them what it is that you need. Um, this is a big one. It's like, has there ever been a day where you haven't thought about your mum once? Off the top of my head, I don't think that there has. Um, just because it's like a huge part of my life. But also, I'm a little bit biased because obviously I run this podcast and it is called The Dead Parent Club. So there is absolutely no way that I could go onto like the Instagram channel or reply to a message or do anything podcast related without thinking about my mum. Um, one thing that I've got to say is that 
if any of you think that you have gone a day without thinking about your parent or your parents or you've caught yourself at the end of the day thinking oh my god like I've not thought about them today and especially if it's quite early on in your grief like do not beat yourself up about it like grief is such a huge feeling and such a huge thing and it can be completely overwhelming and I think just don't give yourself a hard time for enjoying your life and enjoying a day like if you've had the most beautiful day with like friends and family or you've just your mind has been elsewhere you've been focusing elsewhere like don't then beat yourself up for not having had had that like heart sinking feeling about thinking about your parent and um, it doesn't have to be like that and I think you know if you do find yourself if you do find that thinking about them helps you or if you find that you're feeling guilty for not doing it then why don't you kind of like schedule some time in your week to like really kind of like in a mindfulness way to like really sit down with your grief and like journal about it because it is hard to kind of give ourselves time to grieve and to give ourselves give our grief space in our life so I think if you even if you literally do schedule it like once a week to sit down and really think about how you're feeling um I think that can really help okay so another one is this is really long guys I'm really sorry I hope that it's useful advice um there's literally so many questions here I just want to get through all of them so two years in and I still feel like my world has ended are there any tips um and then another one that was similar was like it's the third anniversary of my mum's death on the 22nd um how has your grief changed over time so you still feel like your world's ended honestly I it's such a hard thing to navigate um and I, I I can't sit here and say that you're going to feel like your world hasn't ended at some point because I feel like we all think that our world has ended like you're reminded all the time about this huge loss that you've had and every time you're reminded of that it can, it can remind you again of just how different your life is now um and we rely so much on our parents for support and for love and just for just all of that kind of feeling. So I think the best advice I can give you is to find things that make you feel like your life is worth living. Um, so even if it's really small things like going outside and seeing a beautiful view and that can make you feel like your life is worth living again if it's making your favorite dinner at night and it just makes you feel really grateful to be alive because food is amazing um if it's having like quality time with a friend who means the world to you and you're laughing so 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 much and it just makes you feel happy I just think the best thing to do is to grab hold of those moments that make you feel alive um and to just really value them because we're going to be like grief is not a part-time thing it's a full-time thing and we're going to be living with this pain for all of our lives so I think if you can sit and really appreciate those beautiful moments um it can give you the, the kind of the drive that you need and the strength that you need to carry on um because that's all that we can do just to make the most of what we've got left um the other one is how has your grief changed over time um and they said like somebody else said it's it's it'll be 10 years since my mum died soon how do you feel now compared to back then I think the most obvious thing is that I obviously was in a very 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 bad place after my mum died um honestly awful I couldn't picture a future where I'd be happy without her I couldn't picture living a life that was worth living I couldn't imagine ever get like 
getting over this this hurt and this loss and one I haven't gotten over it absolutely not like it's still sometimes it when it happens to me it like hits me like a ton of bricks and it like takes my breath away but also I think one of the most amazing things is from doing this podcast and from talking to you guys which I'm so grateful for um one of the questions that I ask you is pretty much this like how do you think that your grief has changed you and I can honestly say like everybody always has the most beautiful answer like I think before listening to the podcast you might think that people answer that question and say like oh I'm so bitter at life now like I'm so sad um I'm not happy like you kind of have this presumption of how grieving people are going to feel but actually like you guys answer that question you answer it better than I could like you say that you have so much more appreciation for the beautiful things in life now um you you love like your friends and family your grief has made you more empathetic to other people you're able to show kindness to other people so much more than you could before um if somebody else around you has lost a parent your grief becomes your superpower because you can give them the support that you wish you had had at that time and I think you know we all feel that in some way shape or form it might take us a while to get there um but there is so much to live for and I think and I was, I was talking to somebody called Patrick about this on the podcast the other day because he was saying that, you know, with his kids now, he really values this time that he has with his kids and he makes sure that they go out and they experience amazing things as a family together. And he was saying if his parents had not have died, he probably won't have that relationship with his kids where he wants to show them how beautiful life is. So like, okay, your, your parent has died, but that impact that it's going to have on you it's also going to impact your kids and your kids' kids because what you learn from that situation, that like huge loss, the positive things that you learn from that then impact your children and it'll impact your children's children. And I think if your children are going to live a more fulfilled life because of your loss, like if you can grab hold of that, I just think it's pretty amazing really that we are so resilient and we can turn such a huge and painful thing into beautiful memories with other people. Um, I mean, we are by far blessed or lucky for what's happened to us. But I do think if you can get to a point where you can see that as well, like, wow, it's literally amazing. Um, also, it's so nice to see that you guys are like knowing on because I am chatting so much here. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um so somebody said they basically asked me that question how has your mum's death shaped you as a person do you think you'd be where you are now if she'd never had died absolutely not I was a freaking nightmare teenager I, was, I would say I was very selfish um I didn't value the time that I spent with my family I just didn't care about it I wanted to see my friends I wanted to go out drinking blah 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 um I didn't look after my mental health very much I I don't know young and wild and just not very aware of how difficult life could be um so I think what this has given me is just that realization that I need to appreciate life as much as I can and it's also given me the tools that I need to help with my mental health and not just grief but also for the challenges that life brings to you because life is not easy you don't just lose people but you know work and loved ones and friends and stuff there's always difficult things that happen to us so I just feel like I'm in a better position now to cope with things than I would have been before um 
And also, obviously, I do this. I've got the podcast, which is a pretty huge part of my life. And I definitely would not be doing this had my mum have not died. Um, and meeting you guys, like talking to you, I would never be talking to so many strangers about something so deep and personal. I probably would have thought that was weird before I started the podcast. So, I mean, it's changed my life completely. Um, and somebody asked how has lockdown affected your grief journey? Um, I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm going to be completely transparent here because I think it's important, but... I don't think lockdown has impacted my grief journey that much. I don't know if it's because I'm kind of five years down the line, maybe a little bit later on. I think lockdown has been especially difficult for people who have lost somebody very recently. Um, I can only imagine how painful that's been. Um, if I'm honest, I think that it's probably made me not sit with my grief as much as I did before. Just because all the days are merging into one... I'm not acknowledging how I'm feeling as much as I did before. Um, and I don't know, it's a difficult one. I think lockdown has been very hard for everybody for very, very different reasons. Um, I'm not, I'm definitely missing kind of seeing my family a lot. I think that's been really hard. Um, I think probably I just haven't spoken about my mum as much as I would have done before or really had that time with her that I would have done before, especially with not being able to see my family. I just haven't had that kind of space to do it. Um, I'm actually really grateful for that question because that's really made me think about it. And I think that I haven't done enough for myself during lockdown. So thank you to whoever asked me that question. Um, okay, so we're on to the podcast now. We're nearly there, guys. Okay, we're nearly there. This is just now all about this podcast and kind of where we are now. So do I feel overwhelmed running this page and hearing about people's grief all the time? Um, two people actually messaged me asking, me asking me this question and it's very valid because when you're in your own grief, like it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it is kind of odd to think that I literally talk about grief pretty much every single day of my life, which is quite intense. Um, if I'm honest, I have like, my grief and my loss and then I have the podcast and everybody else's loss and I have to really separate myself from that because can you imagine if I was going on to a podcast with you guys and I was getting really emotional about your story and it would just be me crying whilst you're telling your story and we just wouldn't get anywhere it just wouldn't be useful for anyone um so I have to be very conscious of like kind of doing a podcast or recording a podcast and then just dropping that and going to do something else um and whether that's going for a walk or watching tv or something like I can't spend too many hours on one thing at a time um some weeks I'm not gonna lie I really don't want to do it um some weeks I do find it really really difficult to be sitting and hearing all of these stories and stuff and sometimes before I'm recording a podcast I sit and think, oh my God, I really don't want to do this. Like, I'm really not in the mood to do this. But honestly, the amount of times that I say that beforehand and then I come off after a recording and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so good. Like, that person was amazing to speak to. I feel so enlightened. I feel like I've learned so much. And like, it's so funny how something that can be, even me, myself, before I sit and record, I think, God, it's going to be so heavy. It's going to be so difficult. Then afterwards, I'm like, oh my God, I feel so energized. And it is just funny how even though I do it all the time, I still have that kind of relationship with it um so yes sometimes I do feel overwhelmed and I do feel tired and it's heavy um but the messages that I get from you guys and the 
kind of feedback that I get from you is just incredible. Um, another question is how did how does my dad and other family members feel about the DPC? So honestly, my dad doesn't really talk about it. Um, I just think he's just like, well, it's what she does. It's part of her life, whatever. Not bothered. <laughs> um, I've got some other family members, like my cousins and my auntie. My auntie didn't realize just how intense it was and how many hours I put into it until the other week. I was talking to her about it and she was like, oh, I thought you literally just recorded a podcast and uploaded it once a week and that was it. It was that easy. And I was like, no, honey. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, my other cousins give me so much support. I've got cousins that listen to it. I've got cousins that say they can't listen to it because it makes them cry, which I understand because they're family. Um, but yeah, I'm very grateful and my friends are really supportive as well. Is it hard to be so open and honest about your grief so regularly? Honestly, I wouldn't say that I am that open and honest about my grief that regularly. Um, I do try to be. I try to be as transparent as possible when I'm having like a bad day and stuff. But I would say that I more kind of share other people's feelings about their grief rather than my own, which I think is really important because I think we need to share as many different people's stories as possible because that's how people relate. Um, but I don't think I do that much about my own grief to be honest I might start sharing more I don't know we'll see um somebody said are you still in contact with Sam and will you do another podcast together what a question obviously I'm still in contact with Sam so those of you that have listened to the first like I don't know 30 episodes of the podcast you'll know that I originally started it with my friend Sam Bidler um she is the most amazing person ever obviously I still speak to her I love her um I'm actually seeing her very soon and will we do another podcast together yeah I think so I mean we'll just have to think of something to speak about but if you guys want us to do a podcast together we absolutely will um just let us know what you want us to talk about and we'll we'll absolutely chat shit with each other for about 40 minutes and record something um and somebody else has asked can we have a DPC meetup one day it's so comforting to find people in similar experiences okay guys so those of you that are still on here I am planning a DPC meetup, like it is happening. Um, somebody very kindly reached out to me there. Um, I kind of did a call out for an event organizer and they very kindly got in touch with me and I actually need to email them back. I'm really bad with communication. Um, but I have sent this event organizer some ideas for a DPC meetup. Um, I want it to be like as valuable for people as it can be, whilst also kind of giving us time to like connect with each other and, and meet each other. Um, so I do kind of have these like big ideas in my head. COVID is making it really difficult, obviously, because I can't plan something in advance without knowing exactly what's happening in the world right now. I'm hoping at the start of the year next year, we'll be in a better position to kind of get something organized. But yes, it is massively on my radar. I'm hoping to do it in Birmingham, um, purely because I have a lot of people that follow me from London, but there are a lot of Northerners as well, including myself. There are also a lot of grief meetups in London and I just think it's really important to have something that's accessible in the middle of the country. Um, I think Manchester would be too far for those of you down south. Birmingham, I think, will be a good option. Um, so I really hope that you guys will be excited to join me on that. Um, I think it'll be such an amazing event. Um, I'm nervous about it because I have this like really big aspiration, but we'll see. Um, and then I am now... I don't know one last thing guys um before we end this so a few of you will see that I am trying to fundraise for the podcast so this is a completely not-for-profit podcast like it's designed for the community for you guys like 
but it is run solely by myself. And I would say each month I spend at least 60, 60 hours of my time voluntarily recording podcasts, editing podcasts, replying to people, making graphics for Instagram, just those tiny things. Um, so I do have a full-time job. I work like nine hours a day. And then outside of that, I do about 60 hours per month on the podcast. Um, but the podcast costs minimum £100 per month to run. A lot of people don't realize this. Um, it comes with an awful lot of costs. So I'm talking like podcast hosting, website hosting, video editing, podcast editing software, design software, audio recording software. Um, yeah, it's about £100 per month and it's an awful lot of money. Um, I cannot afford to fund that by myself. Um, I was very, very lucky at the start of this year. So many people very, very kindly donated um, to a fundraiser to keep the podcast running throughout the year. However, I'm at a point now where that money is very quickly running dry. I'm looking at the beginning of next year where I'm going to be really struggling again. And it scares me because without kind of donations, I physically cannot keep this going because I don't have that kind of cash, unfortunately. Um, so I'm basically in a, position, in a position now where I'm having to kind of ask again. Um, there are kind of two ways. There's I've set up a patron program. So people that listen to the podcast regularly, you're big fans of it. Um, you can kind of set up a monthly donation. It can literally be like what you'd spend on a coffee, just in a coffee shop. Um, if you could, I don't know, if you would be happy to do that, um, you can do that following the link on my Instagram platform. Um, you can set up as a patron, you donate a monthly amount. It's actually in dollars, um, which is kind of frustrating. But um, yeah, it'll, it'll actually take the money from your bank account in pounds or like depending on where it is that you come from, whether you're from like the US or the UK. Um, or there's also a GoFundMe page where you can set up just a one-time donation. Um, both are great. The Patreon program is slightly more sustainable for me because it kind of kind of guarantees the long-term running of it. Um, and it's kind of like a monthly income that can then go out to all the subscriptions. I know that I'm asking a lot of people, but I just want all of you to know that all of the money that I run, that I donate, well, that I collect here, just goes towards the running of the podcast. Like, I'm not here to exploit people for their cash. Um, any kind of spare money will then go towards running the event. Um, I'm really hoping to be in a position where I can pay for people's tickets to the event um, or pay for their travel or something to those of you that might struggle. Um, so, yeah, that's me being cheeky, but also reaching out for some help because... I want to keep this going for as long as I possibly can, but I can cannot do that without the help of the people that listen to the podcast. Um, so yeah, if you would consider donating for its future, then you can do so by clicking on the link in my bio and signing up as a patron or giving a one-time donation on GoFundMe. Um, thank you so much. We've been here for nearly an hour now. Um, so I hope that you guys that are still here have found it useful. I really, really appreciate all of you that have kind of tuned in at any point to watch it. This will be up as an IGTV on my page, hopefully. Um, although it might be quite long, I'll see what I can do. And it will go up as a podcast episode on Tuesday for any of you that didn't catch all of it. So you can listen to it in your free time. Um, I hope it's been useful. If there's anything else that you guys want to ask me that I can add to a different Q&A that I do another time, then please let me know. Um, and I know that we're approaching Christmas now. So if there are any questions in particular about coping with Christmas or the holidays and stuff without your parent, then I can try and do like a kind of Christmas special. Um, 
But yeah, don't forget as well, I do do the weekly takeover on the channel. So if you want to get involved, you can email me a picture of your loved one and a message that you would send to your um, younger self or kind of comment to your younger self and a brief intro into your story and email that to dpcpodcast at hotmail.com and I will share that on a Wednesday. So every Wednesday I share somebody's story on my Instagram page, on Facebook, etc. So if you want to get involved and do that. But yeah, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it and I will talk to you all very soon. Bye everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast. I so hope that you've enjoyed it and you found some comfort in the stories that you've heard here today. As always, I would just like to remind you that neither myself nor any of the guests that come onto the show are healthcare professionals. Therefore, if you do find yourself struggling with your grief, I highly recommend that you seek out professional help, whether that be from your GP or from the numerous charities out there that are available to you. Please also remember that you can reach out to us at any time on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at The Dead Parent Club, and you can email us at dpcpodcast at hotmail.com. Alternatively, you can check out our website where a resources page is also available at www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. Also, please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast in any way, whether that be coming onto the show or to write a blog for us as well. Coming onto a podcast isn't your thing. Thank you so much once again for listening. And we'll see you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.